Life and Ball Podcast live on a Monday. And as promised, Tower Hayward and I are going to break down the first episodes of The Last Dance. And it was a lot of fun to watch last night, obviously. I uh, rewatched episode one after I watched both. And it was just a lot of fun. <laughs> and uh, initial thoughts, Tyler, uh, on, on the first uh, weekend. Look, I, I mean, I think we kind of have an idea of what to expect now. It's kind of a buildup of the entire franchise, which I think is incredible. It's not just about the uh, the last dance, so to speak, but it's kind of got a – it's kind of weird. It's got a this-is-us type of vibe. I don't know if you've seen the show, but they tie like three storylines in through different timelines and stuff, and it all ultimately – ties together in the way they do it with one line whether it be about jerry Krause, and they like jump forward like it's kind of a cool it's kind of cool how they're doing that um and it gives you a little something to look forward to as you know bits and pieces of uh what to expect coming up is a uh are getting revealed for instance you know next week is uh dennis rodman but it's also going to cover you know the bad boys at the same time, and the rivalry yeah. that Bull had uh, before they really took over the NBA, and I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was very uh, interesting. Uh, like I said, the true, like people who followed Jordan, and I mean, you didn't even have to be that big of a buff to know a lot of what went on. Like we talked about, Scotty getting underpaid. You know, we already knew that. We didn't know he was that underpaid that he was probably getting a stimulus check from Donald Trump mm-hmm. uh, last week. But, yeah, it's uh, it was really interesting. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, some of the – there were a couple new things that I picked up on, like how early Michael Jordan uh, lost his trust in Jerry Krause. And I think yeah. that uh, that was – they're like I didn't know it was 1987 <laughs> or 1986. Uh, yeah, 80, yeah, 80, 85, 86. You know, going into that second season, Michael, I, I knew about that, but I didn't know um, publicly that he was talking about it. You know, I, I knew that it was behind the scenes, and I read all of his books, and and I knew that going into they had the uh, love of the game clause for Michael Jordan to be able to play in the summers. You know, because people were really right. worried about him. Um, you know, I knew about that. I didn't know that publicly that Michael was so adamant about um, not agreeing with ownership, which was, was shocking to me because what we're used to seeing is um, someone like LeBron James uh, having his way with ownership. Who is ownership? Like that. Right, right. You know, and, and we're going to get into that because I think what's interesting is I don't – this won't be a LeBron James versus Michael debate show, but there will be some talks about it because I think a lot of people – um, are just in, invested more in that instead of watching what's going on. I think what I got most from the first weekend, Tyler, was um, I knew that it was going to be a lot about Jordan. See, what well, this is where people are missing it. If, if you don't understand film, and, I, and Tyler and I do, they're, they're basically leading up to the next player. So basically they went to Scotty, and now they're going to go to Dennis. You know, those are your top three guys. So it wasn't all about Michael Jordan for – just because this is a Jordan documentary, people. He was the first guy to talk about. They went to Scotty in season two. It was mainly about him. And then it, it goes into Dennis. And of course, Michael's going to be the forefront. He was the leader of this team. But um, I, I people need to understand that because I'm, I'm reading all these crazy comments. I'm on all these pages of NBA talk. And, 
Michael Jordan is the leader of this dynasty. He's going to be the guy they talk about most. I know you LeBron lovers want to hate on it. It's okay, but just understand that this is good filming. They're leading you up to the how this got to the to the last dance. Um, Scotty was the was the Robin to the Batman, obviously. Dennis is the new guy that comes in, and, and they're going to add the bad boys thing. I think that's great. I think that's very important they add the bad boys thing. So let's talk about that because – I think that that really should make people understand on how great not only the Bulls are, but how great Jordan is. Because to get through that animal <laughs> that, that was Detroit, who is wildly disrespectful, by the way, or disrespected, by the way, the Pistons never get brought up. That team was amazing. But let's talk about some Detroit stuff because, you know, this is a Michigan uh, podcast in a way because, you know, we're from Michigan. Let's talk Detroit Pistons bad boys and what the Bulls had to get through. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I was watching a bunch of stuff about Michael Jordan leading up to it. And really quick, though, to touch on what you were previously talking about. Look, this entire series, it, I mean, it's called The Last Dance. And I think ultimately that may be too specific of a term given everything that they are covering. But when you look at it, it went back and it touched on Michael Jordan's lack of playing time while he was recovering from an injury to start building the foundation of the distrust with Jerry Krause in the organization. And so all of that does build up to the last dance. And so I, I mean, if you're, if you want to nitpick and say that, like, that's my counter to it is this all builds up to that distrust. And I mean, Look, it sucks. Like, if there's anything in the world that would make you want to go and disrespect somebody's grave by taking a leak on it or something, like, this will make you want to do it to Jerry Krause the way it's setting up. And it's – so I feel it is all ultimately tied together. And I think that uh, – I think uh, the editors and the film crew and everybody else did a really great job with this. Yeah. Um, that Let's said, the that bad topic. thing – Let's stay on Jerry for a minute because, you know, I know that you really wanted to talk about it. And I, I uh, will apologize because I know that it meant a lot to you and you're really big on organizations and management. One thing I think people need to realize when they watch this is Jerry Krause was a huge part of this. And uh, he had a huge say in a lot of things. And he had a whole lot of positive and a whole lot of negative. And, and this is a, a show that you'll, when you watch this series, you'll realize how much management did get in the way of a lot of things. And, and there was a, an animosity there between the players and management. And it was just amazing that they could win by going through this because you just don't become that successful and while having all that turmoil. And it's also amazing because I look at what we deal with today and I laugh Tyler, because I say to myself, I can't see many players, if any, in this day and age dealing with the things that those guys dealt with and still finding a way to play as hard as they did and win a championship. I just can't see anyone doing that. I mean, if you look at last year, LeBron James versus growing, you know, and the Lakers were on their way to probably making the playoffs or maybe fighting for the playoffs. And you look at him sitting out the whole year. You look at him knowing they don't have enough pieces half the time when he plays. You look at Durant jumping ship to the Warriors because he can't beat the Warriors. You look at all the things that happen in today's well, even basketball. The function then with Durant on the Warriors, you know, they went on, they won with a little bit of that drama, but I mean, he was out first chance he got. Sure. No, I mean, it, it was, it was basically like nowadays what you see with these younger kids, because I will call them kids 
is the, the any sign of any disagreement or problems. I mean, look at Kyrie Irving, for gosh sakes. I mean, Kyrie Irving and, and LeBron, that was a very good situation for Kyrie Irving. I don't know who was wrong or who was right, nor do I care. All I know is it didn't work. And, and that's shocking to me because you have a big three, you have all these pieces, you've won a championship together, and all of a sudden, you know, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be that. Let me tell you something right now, people. You guys, you, you LeBron fans aren't going to like this. If Kyrie Irving plays on Michael Jordan's team, he ain't leaving. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> saying, you know what? I'm cool with being number two. And I think that says also a lot about Michael Jordan. I know we're talking about a lot here, but please hear me out, people. Scottie Pippen was unbelievable. I think Scottie Pippen is only staying because he's underpaid because he's playing with Michael Jordan. He's playing with Michael and he's winning six rings. So uh, let's not forget that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. This is a completely different animal nowadays. Uh, you can even go back and you can look at something as uh, petty as Kenny Anderson just didn't want to play for the Toronto Raptors. And yeah. I, th- I think that, you know, the disagreements with Jordan and management ultimately paved the way to every sure. – quality player thinking that they earn that right and they don't <laughs> it's that simple you know some guys like lebron do earn the right to run a little bit of the show i don't know if i necessarily give him the power that he does have right now but i mean i don't even think i would give it to jordan and the way that it's being handled now i think is kind of backlash from what all transpired with the Chicago Bulls organization. And let's not forget, uh, Reinsdorf is as big of a part of this as anybody, too, in regards to the disagreements and all of that type of stuff. He knew Krause wasn't the most uh, respected guy. Um, he, yeah. he decided to ride that over the best player the game has ever seen to this day still. He's uh, – and he uh, ultimately, you know – by failing to renegotiate with Scottie Pippen, even even then, like let let's not forget, you know they talked about, oh well, he signed for a seven year deal. That's on him. That's his fault. Let's not forget, even though Tony Kukoc did not come till later, before Pippen signed that seven year deal, the Bulls were in negotiation with Kukoc already shorting Scottie Pippen. Yeah. I, I think that they were really trying to, you know, if you hear what Reinsdorf said, he, what did they say at, in, in the beginning of the show pretty much? We felt like all of the players besides Jordan were pretty much becoming past their prime. And that was interesting to me. That was one shocking thing because I thought Scottie Pippen was clearly still at a prime level and Dennis Rodman was still playing great basketball. So I Tony Kukoc was still true. at a prime level. Tony Kukoc, Tony Kukoc was really coming along. The, the thing that you'll find out, though, when you look at this series and then you look a little bit further ahead of it, you'll realize just how great Michael was even more because when Scotty goes to the Blazers, they were really good. I mean, they had Rasheed Wallace. They had Steve Smith. Um, you, you know, they had, a, they had Damon Stoudemire at the point guard position. They had a really good group of players. They had Arbitus Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis um, was there. Scott, you know, Scotty goes to the Blazers, and, and he was still on a very good level. And, and, you know, obviously they had a good season, but they couldn't beat the Lakers. And, and I think if you put Michael Jordan on that Blazers team, they're going to beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, that just says – that shows you how great Michael was. This isn't like – what happens with people when they talk about basketball is this. You know, they, they get so 
stuck in their one belief on a player, right? Or they, they think that, well, this player is the greatest or this player is that. And that, this is healthy debate. Here's what people need to realize when they look at basketball and why Michael's better than everybody else. Michael's not only having the stats and having the numbers and having the individual accolades, his teams win. And, and, that, and it's so simple when you look at that. You, you think to yourself, well, I mean, what do you mean, Jeremy? I mean, Bill Russell won. Okay, look, I know Bill Russell won a million championships. And, hey, we can have an argument that Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain or Kareem, all those guys are maybe the greatest. Nobody put it all together like Michael Jordan. The off-the-court stuff, the on-the-court amazing stats, the unbelievable highlights, the winning the championship, the hitting the game-winning shots. The You know, I mean, the, the list is long. I mean, the, the defensive player of the year while leading the league in scoring. Come on. I mean, these, these are things that just have never happened before. And that's why he's so special. And, and that's why the series, you're going to hear a lot about him. I mean, Roy Williams said the best thing I've ever heard, maybe ever, <laughs> said about Michael Jordan also- is Michael, Jor- Michael Jordan's the only guy that could turn it on and off, but he never freaking turned it off. And that was the best thing I've ever heard. You know, I, 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 the mic was dropped right there. You know, he's the only player that could turn it off, but he never freaking did. And, and I hope LeBron James watched that and said, maybe I should stop turning it off. Maybe I should just keep it on, you know, but that's just not who he is. And that's okay. Yeah, And, I, and people I, need to realize that's, that's okay. Well, I think that's ultimately the difference between the two uh, when you look at them. But yeah, this, this series, it's, uh, I mean, it, it didn't let down. Um, I do wish they would have shown a little bit more of the, locker room and practice stuff i oh yeah that's coming though i think that's coming yeah and i'm 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 sure some of the other off the course stuff uh will be coming up uh with the next uh pair that gets released next sunday uh when they talk about yeah you think so you think dennis is gonna have some off i I think there might be a little (laughs) bit about that no 100 percent sure By the way, how how fitting was it? You know, they introduced, you know, the trio that kind of led this Chicago Bulls team, you know, and like like they needed any introduction to begin with. I'm Michael Jordan uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm Scotty Pippen from Hamburg, Arkansas. I'm Dennis Robert. What's up? <laughs> I think the way they did that was just fantastic, and it just – Oh, Dennis saying what's up was just – I just started laughing. Oh, it just gives you so much time. Yeah. And I think it's going to be <laughs> – I think it's kind of fitting that you're tying Rodman in uh, the same time you're going to go back and you're going to look at the Bad Boys series and how that turned Michael Jordan into, you know, what he is today because Rodman was a part of the Bad Boys. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. here's the thing. little history lesson for people that um, love the game of basketball – the Detroit Pistons were an absolute fantastic organization at the time. I mean, if you look at before they won championships, you know, they were right there. You know, if Isaiah Thomas doesn't throw it to Larry Bird and in the inbound pass, um, I believe that would be so one, two, three, four, four champion, you know, yeah, four, four in a row. It would have been four NBA finals in a row if they don't make that uh, mistake. So basically, you know, the Detroit Pistons, towards the end of the 80s were unbelievable. I mean, Isaiah Thomas was was arguably the best point guard. You know, Magic Johnson, obviously, most people would say, but Isaiah was right there. Um, Joe Dumars was an absolutely unbelievable two-guard. 
Dennis Rodman was really coming into his own. They had a guy like Adrian Danley who was the top scorer in the league at one point. They had to get rid of him because they they didn't want him. You know, they bring in Mark Aguirre. You know, they, they bring they him in. Vinny Johnson off the kid. bench. Vinny Johnson off the bench. Bill Ambeer was going to smack you around in the face. Rick Mahorn was basically going to smack you in your ass face. anytime you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, you guys had guys like John Sally. But Dennis Rodman, you know, Michael Jordan going against a Dennis Rodman guarding him and then people like Lambeer and Mahorn waiting for him. Uh, you just had a price to pay. They had the Jordan rules. They basically, basically triangled them up where – there was no driving lanes. Uh, Michael had to hit tough shot after tough shot, and uh, it took its toll on him, you know, and, and you're going to see that in this series, you know, just so we stay related to the Bulls deal here. But the Detroit Pistons were a huge part of this uh, last dance situation. Dennis played with them, so him joining the Bulls was definitely <laughs> a touchy subject. And then uh, you'll find out with one of the things I learned is what did they say when he first came on is, hey, I think you need to apologize to Scotty. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and because you know he gave Scotty a couple hard hits. I mean, let's just be honest. But it's just amazing. It's it's amazing how it all was tied together because the Detroit Pistons have a huge say in what the Bulls are. And if and if Chicago doesn't get over them, hey, we might not ever know how great Michael Jordan could have been. Um, you know, he really needed some help. Scotty grew up. That would be definitely noted in this show. Um, Scotty Pippen had to be the, the Robin finally. Michael couldn't do it by himself anymore. You can't win championships by yourself. It's impossible. You got to have another guy. And uh, Scotty Pippen did grow up. So uh, I'm excited about it, Tyler, for sure, to talk Detroit and, and the bad boys and Dennis Rodman. Oh, yeah. And I mean, ultimately, when when they're talking about the some of the behind the scenes stuff a little bit, that like that about the Pistons is like one of the more intriguing things that I think you're going to find in this entire series. Um, like I said, I, I do kind of think, I do kind of wish it'd be more focused towards that last run, but I mean, look, last night, I mean, you already, you already kind of got a taste of it and they did definitely lead up to it. They, I, and I, I was keeping track. I was counting. You know, they showed Michael Jordan and Jerry Krause crossing paths five times last night through both episodes. And yeah, they ignored each other three times. Or Jordan took a verbal jab at him twice. <laughs> like, I, like yeah. you sit there, and, but then you understand why. Like, again, I, I didn't know it was going back to 1987. I didn't. I did yeah. not know the rivalry was that deep. I figured it got pitted around ninety-two, um, again or ninety-one, ninety-two. Uh, the Pippen coach thing that we talked about a little bit earlier, but yeah, I didn't know this went all the way back to you know Jordan wanting to make the playoffs. Oh yeah, it no, that's definitely playoffs. something I knew. Such a good Boston team, by the way. Oh yeah. People talk I mean, about the playoff pass and stuff like that. And they say the NBA was so weak when Jordan was trying to get to the mountaintop. Go look at that Boston team again. <laughs> well, I think this is what it is. This is where Tyler, I, the reason why people feel that way is because basketball was a lot different then. It just was. I mean, you didn't people, people have to understand stars on a single team, you know, they all had their own spot to play. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to further that, what you just said, Tyler, is back in those days, 
everyone had a role and fundamentals were, were still very revered. I mean, you had to be the most fundamental player if you were going to be called the best player. So guys like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, who people today would look at them and say, those guys are not any good even. You know, it's because they don't understand basketball. They don't understand how it was played then, how the, everything was based on fundamentals. What Jordan did was he came in and brought those same fundamentals as those two and then added the athleticism. That was the only thing that was different about Michael Jordan compared to Larry Bird. Even Larry Bird's footwork and fundamentals and passing were off the charts. I mean, he had absolute, absolutely knew where every single guy was going to go. You know, he knew how to help defense, rebound. I mean, he was just basically a basketball genius out there. Magic Johnson was the same way. Uh, that Boston Celtics team that Tyler's talking about in 86 was an absolute basketball genius organization where every single guy that came in played his part and you just aren't beating that team. I mean, they were just well-driven. They had a guy like Bill Walton, who was one of the best college players ever to play, who who finally came into his own and, and could play healthy finally with, with McHale inside. And Kevin McHale would absolutely dominate some of these power forwards now. I mean, with his footwork and his ability to score inside, Larry Bird was an absolute you know, sniper, uh, could shoot and, and hit a shot and kill you at any time. Dennis Johnson was a great defender. Danny Ainge was, no one will realize that he was such a fantastic player. I mean, Danny Ainge was so good, quick, could shoot. He was going to get in your face. He was going to punch you in the face. We've been seven to. years later, um, They just had Phoenix still guarding Jordan. <laughs> uh, Robert Parrish, the chief inside of center. Are you kidding me? I mean, this is a guy seven foot you know, tall who's mean, and he's and he punched Bill Ambeer. That says and it was before. Know. I mean, that's how mean these guys were. Old and he was still playing in the league. So, I mean, he, he was still a yeah. young fellow then. Yeah, the, the game was different then. It was fundamentals. It was toughness. It was physicality. It was being stronger than the other guy, more fundamentally sound than the other guy, and winning. And, and that's what it was about then. So now it's more about individual brand. It's about one-on-one skill. It's about look at me, look at the highlights. And, uh, you know, some of these guys nowadays are much more skilled, but they have the opportunity to be. I mean, I have a really hard time thinking that if Michael Jordan, if they didn't have the triangle, he wouldn't be the player he is. Are you kidding me? I just clear it out. <laughs> you know, just let him, just let him score every time. I mean, you don't, even, you don't even need a triangle or anything. I mean, what's a triangle? Just give him the ball and get the hell yeah. out of the way. I mean, he could have been more dominant nowadays because there, no one could put their hands on him. You know, so he would have been able to just have free range of mm-hmm. motion to, to drive free throw by someone, pull up, back him down, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you talk about James Harden gets to the free throw line. Michael Jordan would have probably shot 20 free throws a game. Um, it, it was just a different time, the, the 80s where the Bulls go through that Tyler and I are talking about leading up to the last dance. You're going to find out that it's a different time. The one thing I would want to add, though, Tyler, is if you notice, they are putting the record every, you know, they're, they're okay, the Pippen's not playing, and now they're, now they're 18 and 9. We know that without them. That was really cool. I hope people are, are catching that that they are still going back and showing games of that last dance while going back in time. It's really interesting yeah. when you look at the film. They're tying it together with like a centerpiece with whatever the focal point is. So um, the second episode yesterday was about Scotty Pippen. It was about how he came to Chicago. It was about his contract negotiation. And then ultimately you sat there and you looked at that contract negotiation and then they flipped it on its head. And now it's about how he was PO'd that he wasn't getting a bump in salary, how they weren't renegotiating with him. Excuse me. And next week, you know, they're going to talk about the bad boys. And then 
I'm sure it's going to translate over to how Dennis Rodman came to Chicago because, like I said, Rodman was part of that bad boys team. So it's just going to flip it a little bit. And it's a, like I said, it's a very, this is us type setup with, you know, you go back and past, how does that impact, you know, what's going on now? And I think it's incredible how they're explaining it and laying it out. No, it's great. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, me, Tyler is, a diehard Jordan fan, of course, a, a bigger Jordan fan. I'm a lot like these kids today. I mean, they're, they're diehard LeBron fans. I mean, wherever LeBron goes, they love that team. I mean, when Michael went to the Wizards, I was a Wizards fan. I mean, that's just how it is. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I do want to get into the LeBron Jordan stuff. I mean, I think it's important because I think that I, to give LeBron's credit, you know, I, you know I, I'm a fair person for the most part, but I call it how it is. To, to give credit to LeBron, I mean, for him to even be in the discussion means a lot. And I think that he has validated himself to be in this discussion. And a lot of people have a lot to say. Yeah, about I don't LeBron think he does it. You know, is, is, no, no, I, I think we'll get into <laughs> that now. But I, I think what I think what I want young, I'm a basketball person, you know, and, and I would say you are too, Tyler. I mean, you know, you've been a part of the game a while. You love to coach. And no matter what you do with basketball, you know, you want the best. You want to win. You want the greatest situation right you want you want to shoot the best you want to pivot the best you want to do everything the best Michael Jordan did everything typically the best and that's what separates him was where when you watch him with the ball you know everything is just so fluid everything looks so easy it was not easy for Michael Jordan you know he played hurt a lot he played 82 games he played every game a lot I I don't have the stats in front of me Tyler I think it was eight of his seasons he played every single game or I mean he might have been more and then I think it was if the game, the years he didn't play every game, it was like 81 and, and 80, you know, and LeBron James hasn't done that. You know, LeBron James hasn't done it year in and year out, and, and he hasn't stuck with one organization. And people need to remember that that is a part of your legacy. I mean, people get mad when we talk about the Mavericks series and stuff, but those are facts. You know, those are facts, and, and you can't get away from that. LeBron James, when he was a Cavalier the first time, I said to myself, I think he's going to be better than Jordan. I really said that because of just how physically imposing he was. Um, you know, they beat the Pistons in 07. That was unbelievable. That was an unbelievable series. Did he that, close that out game like five, six points in Detroit. a row? Or? I think it was, yeah, I think it was 27. I mean, it, it was just unbelievable. And, it, and it, it was greatness. It was greatness in front of our eyes against a very, very good team. What happened to LeBron James is what, you know, is basically what's going on in this culture now. It's about him. It's just more about him than the organization he plays for. And I look at what Michael Jordan went through, and you see it with the show, what he dealt with with organization and him being the best player and him still not being above the organization and him sticking it out for 14 years, 13, 14 years for that same organization. He didn't have to do that. I mean, anybody could have, would have took him. I mean, any team close. The Knicks, Pat Riley hated and loved Jordan. He would have very easily added Michael, and they would have uh, won probably, an NBA championship probably a couple. with Patrick Ewing. Probably a couple. And my problem, the last thing I'll say about the LeBron deal is when he left, he hadn't won anything yet, and he boldly stood in front of everybody and said, not four, not five, not six. You're right, LeBron. You want to. 
And, you know, and that's the problem. That's the problem I have with LeBron is he's fantastic. But you can't look past his whole story. You can't look at all. I mean, you can look at Jordan. Hey, yeah, he oh, he lost in the first round. Absolutely. But guess what? Guess he kept going. He kept going. And and he's got six rings now. So that, that's why he's the, the greatest. I mean, yeah, look at that's why he's better than LeBron. He lost to a bad boys team that was in the prime of their careers. You know, he lost to a Celtics team that was in the prime of their careers. He did not lose to Jason Terry, who was past the prime of his career. Jason Terry was second best player on that Mavericks team. That's part of your legacy. Everything that you do is a part of your legacy ultimately. And Michael Jordan, you know, his, his legacy is second to none. We're understanding why, uh, you said it. He wasn't a part of the. Uh, he wasn't a. Uh, he wasn't above the organization. And you talked about LeBron saying, "Oh, I won, I two, not three, whatever." But Michael Jordan had a speech very similar to that. If you remember, uh, after winning, I think it was championship number five. He went back. He went back and he said, "Oh yeah, hopefully number six, number seven, number eight. But guess what? He did not get that opportunity. Yeah. And it wasn't because he just up and left. It was because right. Perry Krause said, screw you to Phil Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. There's a huge difference between uh, after winning your fifth one, saying six, seven, eight, nine, then never winning one and saying five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> even know? that. It's like, it's okay. You know, it's, it's... <laughs> I think they could have got seven and eight. Eight, maybe eight. Oh, sure. A little bit questionable, I mean, but yeah, they, seven against the Spurs, a fifty-game season. The Bulls were a little bit older, but they could have pulled that off. <laughs> you know, you think? I mean, it's just so funny. You know, oh, we got friends. Look, Tyler and I got friends who are huge LeBron supporters. So when I post this, you know, I'm going to give a little dig to you. Look, that's your boy. That's your baby. But you, you know, hmm. your baby ain't winning like Michael. Sorry, you know, that's just how it is. And and the problem is this. You know, I work with young players. So, you know, my thing is always I want to get the best out of players. So it's good to have this competitive debate. If I'm going to debate about anything, this is okay. This is healthy. This is sports. This isn't um, crazy politics. Um, This is a passion and this is entertainment. This is sports. We love it. We love the game of basketball. Young kids need to realize just how hard Michael Jordan worked to become who he was. They need to kind of go back and and rewind and remember if you're a, a Jordan supporter or you even knew his story. Please remember, remember that he did get cut. He had to get through not making the varsity team as a sophomore. He had to go to North Carolina and play for a coach who was like, you're not bigger than this program. You know, you know you're, you're Mike Jordan. He turns into Michael Jordan. He hits the game-winning shot in the NCAA finals. Uh, he goes to the Bulls the first year and, and really, um, you know, playing with a bunch of knuckleheads. You know, the, the cocaine thing was hilarious in the show, the – or they call it the cocaine the, uh, travel. Uh, I don't cocaine know what the heck they call it. Oh, the yeah. cocaine circus. The cocaine circus. That was hilarious. Um, and, and, you know, Michael, uh, well, well, know, he is a country boy. People because forget of the, he's, he's because of the cocaine North thing, Carolina. Like a year or two later, the two best players on the Bulls, not named Michael Jordan, were no longer with that organization because of the cocaine thing. And so yeah. Jordan lost you know, the best player on the team in Orlando Woolridge due to the cocaine situation. Like he did not yeah. have 
any core around him really because it was him Woolridge and I'm trying I'm drawing a blank on the third person's name you gotta forgive me I was like four years old at the time and I didn't know a lot about cocaine in the NBA <laughs> the seller I think then they have Brad Seller they had Brad Sellers for a while Sellers was a wing player I think they had to get rid yeah, of him so, 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 was so, in, so it was Seller know, it was Sellers and Woolridge and they both yeah. got suspended because of the cocaine thing. And so Jordan didn't really come in and even have the core that led the Bulls to the third pick, let alone, you know, anything remotely close to resembling an NBA team. Oh, sure. Not at all. I mean, these are guys that, you know, Dave Corzine was, was at the yeah. end of his rope. You know, I mean, he was really at the end. John, I think John Paxson came in. I have to look back. There's a couple of things I'd have to remind myself because, you know, we're so far away from it now and we're removed from that organization. Uh, I think John Paxson came in right before yeah. Pippen, I believe. Um, so he was like an up-and-coming guy. Um, and, and they had to make the huge trade, you know, that, that's already been noted. And uh, the Cartwright for Oakley thing, I did know that, but I didn't know what year it was, of course. But uh, Oakley was – you know, that was Jordan's boy, and that was a guy that could protect him. You know, it was like the hockey enforcer, and, and then they bring Cartwright in. And Michael, you'll, I'm sure they'll note it, Jordan and Cartwright did not see eye-to-eye very often. Um, you know, and, and there was issues there. But, you know, I just think that what, what you learn a lot from Michael Jordan um, in this documentary, you know, this series, I should say, is, uh, you know, he he's willing to go through all this craziness and he's a competitive freak of nature but you know they're gonna win though and, and just I always say this to young kids I mean just the amount of time he won under pressure is just you know it's just I mean you can't compare anyone else to it really I mean you just can't I mean Larry Bird had a few moments Magic Johnson had a few moments but Michael had it a, a moment every time and it's just incredible to me that you know, and people want to talk about competition and all that. And look, I, I think they need to really take a harder look on how good the players were then and look at the teams the Bulls were playing. And there was a lot of really good players during those times. And it's just interesting to me, Tyler, that people think that, that the competition was just like, well, they say Michael was playing against plumbers. <laughs> okay. If, if uh, Patrick Ewing is a plumber, man, that's yeah, a one huge that, plumber. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing is that, like I said, the players were more dispersed. You know, throughout the league, the superstars, they're more dispersed. You know, number one pick gets drafted. You know, Hakeem Olajuwon didn't go anywhere. He was in Houston the entire time. You know, Malone was in Utah the entire time. He was relevant. Um, obviously, trying to forget his uh, stint with the Lakers. And so, when you go in, when you go back and you look at that, like you know, Jordan had to go through Reggie Miller, then he had to go through Patrick Ewing, then he had to go through Shaq and Penny, and he had to go through those guys. You look at look at the Eastern Conference right now. It's Giannis and who? It's Giannis and Durant comes back for the Nets. It's Giannis and nobody. Kawhi Leonard out of Toronto. Yeah. I... So it's Giannis and nobody right now. And I think that that's ultimately what the East looked like when LeBron was making his runs to the finals, his uh, first sprint with the Cavaliers. And that's pretty much how it stayed since then. You know, it's been like this for almost 15 years yeah. where the East has just been complete gutter trash. But you want, you want to talk about 
Well, Troy had to wait for Bird to retire, wait for the bad boys to get all but Yeah, they're pretty freaking good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there there's it's amazing. I'm reading these comments, it's so funny. You know, we got friends of ours that talk LeBron and I, I love commenting back and and I'm, what I'm basically writing was, is you know, they're, they're talking about Pippen and, you know, Jordan without Pippen, uh, his record. And I'm like, I don't have to look these stats up because I think people kind of make well, things up he, on the LeBron side. Here, here's the thing, um, you know, <laughs> is, yeah, Jordan needed Pippen because Zeke had Dumars and Lambeer and Rodman, you know. Uh, Bird had McHale and the Chief. And so, yeah, Jordan needed somebody else. You know, Magic had, you know, Kareem for a minute. He had Worthy. He had those types of guys. Jordan did not have those guys, and you want to blame him for not having them. Gives a crap. You know, he's going, he's trying to fight through Patrick Ewing, like on his own early on. Like, disgusting. Yeah, uh, I love it. I just keep commenting to these guys. What was I'm wasting my breath? Oh, yeah. I I got a comment from somebody the other day. I posted a picture of my daughter in her Bulls jersey. In her Michael Jordan jersey. And someone, and I was like, oh, I'm going to teach her about the GOAT tonight. Uh, you know, anticipation for this, in anticipation for this series. And someone goes, oh, so she's going to change her into a Lakers jersey after her jersey? And it's like, no, she's eight months old, but she knows not to sell out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, for sure. I can't wait till next weekend, Tyler. It's going to be fun, man. We're getting to talk bad boys, Pistons, and it's just going to be outstanding. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman and this series. You know, this series is going to be great. And, uh, you know, look, it, it's hard not to talk about Michael more than anything else. I, I know that some people had mentioned some things that this seems like a Michael Jordan docuseries, which, you know, it, it is going to be a little bit because he was the leader. And, and I, you know what I find amazing with Michael – and this is where he's different than everybody else as well. But everyone seems to be okay with it. <laughs> you know, like it'd be hard to be a teammate of a guy who gets all the attention. Right. I mean, and, and I think the guy who had the hardest time with it was Jerry Krause, you know, rest in peace, Jerry Krause. He did do a fantastic job. You know, I grew up a Bulls fan and, and I loved Michael and I, and I just could not watch WGN. I was so happy when we got that channel. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, if you think about it, um, he was just so great that everyone else was okay well, for well, him I'm, having all that attention. Another and thing that too just is says a lot. Like the criticism, the criticism of his teammates took place behind closed doors. You know, and look, we have been talking about LeBron. LeBron doesn't. LeBron will just go out and he'll say it to a reporter. Oh, this guy sucks. He needs to make a better play. And then, you know, two weeks later, you find out, oh, this guy got traded. The same guy LeBron was talking about got traded. You know, back then, Michael Jordan would just bust your face up and practice like he did Steve Kerr. But at the end of the day, you know, it, you hear Steve Kerr talk about it. It was because he demanded the same type of effort that you put in that or that he put in. And at the end of the day, if you turn up, uh, the celebration of the 1998 win. When you hear Steve Kerr run over and hug Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, after getting punched in the face earlier in the season, which they, they're, I think uh, Roper got a sneak peek of the documentary in advance. They said they are going to talk about it a little bit. But then you see him hug Jordan and what he says and 
how much it meant to Steve Kerr. Like, yeah, they had disagreements, but it didn't break up any of that chemistry. And that chemistry between the 12 to 15 guys, you know, every year Jordan was there. I mean, obviously besides the first ones when Jordan was kind of a loner and uh, everybody else was on cocaine, which, by the way, I saw a tweet uh, late last night, like, every member of the 84-85 Bulls was trying to explain to their family that they were not a part of that circus. <laughs> because Jordan just said, "Yeah, oh, it was pretty much everybody. That's hilarious. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, you, you see the respect level that is still there. And I think that that's, one, that's another one of the things that really uh, differentiates him. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, he he's... He's different, you know, and, and I just, again, Roy Williams, man. Oh, he, he was Roy great. Williams, I'm, I'm not a big Roy Williams I mean, fan, I but I love this that. Dude. <clears throat> no, Roy Williams, was when he, when he said that, I mean, he just had that. You could just tell what he was, the way he was explaining Michael was and, like and, and how, how Michael was acting. And, and how felt like, giddy he was, too, you. when he was talking about it. Like, you, you oh, can yeah. often tell, you know, some of those coaches have those players. And, look, we're Michigan people you know you can hear it when Tom Izzo talks about Cassius Winston you can hear it when Roy talks about Jordan and I think it means even more in hindsight given what Jordan accomplished throughout his career oh yeah for sure no there's absolutely no question um and uh you know it just staying on the last thing you know I just talking about Royal Williams I can't help I keep posting about it because I just thought it was I, I really hope that you know, being a basketball development coach, um, you know, players need to understand what that means, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, it's just amazing that he, he, he never did turn it off. Like Ray Williams said, I mean, he was not stopped. There's a lot of things that people don't realize. There's things people never even seen with Michael Jordan. I want to see right, the that's the that's one thing, thing I want. The, I, really I want them to do a little bit more the practices and you, I mean, you yeah. got a little taste of it when, you know, Jordan's just berating Harper and, they said that they would – another thing that they would talk about, too, is uh, his relationship with Scott Burrell, who was a rookie on that last dance team, yeah. I believe. And uh, you kind of saw it a little bit, just a little bit. You got, like, a little taste of it, and I think that's why they put it in there um, on that trip to Paris. Hey, my first championship. Jordan's like, this doesn't count. <laughs> And you you just like, can I get a hug? No, <laughs> this doesn't count for anything. Like you, you can kind of see <laughs> yeah. where this is going. And I yeah. kind of look at that as like, uh, you yeah. know, a little sneak peek of what's going to come uh, between those two. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I can't wait. I know Tyler and I, are, we've been excited for this for weeks. You know, we, we appreciate easily, that. Easily, and, uh, the, easily the worst thing about the about, series you know, is, and, and you know, we've got to wait another six days. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of do wish it was more like a Netflix series oh, already. Oh, we've been done so already. Just binge watch it. But you know what? The great thing is, yeah, we've been done already. But here's the good thing. I, I think this is another lesson, you know, is you got to wait for things. This is like an old school feel. Like you had to wait every week to watch your favorite show. You had to wait every week to watch your, you know, your favorite team play. Back in those days, we didn't have the, uh, 
you know, YouTube and all that and DVR and, re, you know, record certain things. You know, we could record, record a game on a wonderful VHS tape, which half the time never worked. But this is cool. I mean, I like this. I like that we have to wait a week. It builds up. It's great for sales, too, by the way. It's just amazing marketing. And, you know, it's, it's so simple. But, yeah, every week. Uh, they brought it on at the perfect time. ESPN, shout out to them. It's, it's the one thing they actually did do right. Uh, they brought this on. We needed it. People are amazing basketball fans, amazing sports fans. They needed this show. So we're excited, Tyler and I, for sure. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have to get on trouble with Snap here soon, Tyler, and get on, uh, you know, Michigan, Michigan State stuff. It's kind of uh, bland right now, obviously. But, um, you know, we'll definitely get on uh, that platform and, you know, but we greatly appreciate it. Uh, uh, Tyler, bad boys next Dennis week, Rodman. Yes. Cannot wait. Dennis Rodman. Yes, all, all things Dennis Rodman. I am all about this right now. Yeah, Dennis Rodman, what's up? <laughs> I just loved it. I'm Dennis Rodman. What's up? So, yeah, we'll, we'll tune in next Monday again. Always 1230. Always 1230 the next uh, four Mondays now. And uh, we'll keep talking about the last dance. But this is the Life of Ball podcast. We give your game life. Tyler Hayward owner of trouble with the snap uh, podcast joins us. It was great again, Ty. So I'll uh, be seeing you next Monday on yes, this sir. platform, Can't wait. 1230 PM.